Hey you guys, welcome to this episode of The Outrun Show. I'm Travis. I'm Jesse. I'm Justin. And we're here today to talk about what is broken with PE and how would we fix it. On this episode and more endurance in The Outrun Show. That was definitely not going to be it. That one sounded like Seinfeld. That was Seinfeld all that the way. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> that sound the intro song? Yeah. No, that sounds like... That's like... That's, that's he just like, added the... You just added the same You thing. added the right, yeah, the right <laughs> note. That's all. Gee, I just hope the rhythm was the same. One day, like, our comedy can be so iconic that everybody just has an impression, right? Like, I think that's when you've made it as a comedian. Everybody's got an impression of comedians. So that's that's why like the past four presidents all have people right. like doing impressions. Of impressions them because presidents have tend made to be the best comedians. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, yeah, good source of 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 right of of satire at minimum. Right, entertainment at minimum. Right. Yes, it's good. Everybody needs a laugh. Everybody needs. But laugh. hey, speaking of government and official programs. We are talking about PE, which is, uh, last I checked, a mandatory thing for physical education, K through 12, for like what, like, not every state, but like most states, 45 of them, it's required, right? Yeah. It's probably like one state that's, I mean, if you homeschool here, right, didn't we just check and it's not required? It's not regulated. Regulated. So like you could, you could do something miscellaneous and mm. i believe that counts as your pe credits that's what it was for us in high school when i went to high school high school i went to because it was half days fridays off sounds like the best high school ever because it was you you just had to write down what you did she's like i'm the yard yes <laughs> and that counted not too many homes. what was the most ridiculous one that you put up the most ridiculous one that i put up or somebody that you know uh I mean, family appropriate I was, yeah i think at that time i was uh i was doing I was training kung fu in high school, so wushu or kung fu. So it, even that then, counts. it was it was kind of yeah, it That's was legit. definitely different to be like, all right, and Trav, what did you get in? Uh, white crane style. <laughs> what? Tiger <laughs> style. White crane. Yeah, right. And he's like, oh, there's a tiger last week, so <laughs> working through the sea and say again, right? So I don't get paid enough. He's like, they don't. <laughs> they, they didn't. They really don't. But I did go back and apologize for high school, so it's okay. Um, yeah. So th- that being said, uh, high school or PE uh, for all ages, um, and I think there are good people out there who, who this this is the sad story. Is I think there's a lot of people who love physical education and they they love to be active. Maybe they love sports or they might actually love movement and just and and they want to do that for a career. So they go in and they go to school. And they end up working in, in um, public schools or private schools for physical education. And I just feel like that um, for a lot of them, it seems like they're hamstrung haha, for what they can do. And, uh, you know, it just it just to be for me was there was just a lot. There was some games, but it just felt kind of dated. And, and when I went through PE, I was I was never super excited about it. I was happy I was moving and not in class. Yeah. But I was never like. Was like- structured recess oh boy when i wake up tomorrow i get to go to pe i don't think i ever had that feeling and if i did it was like why to, is it at 7 30 i don't think most kids have that about most classes in school right but here's the thing is i think pe when i look back on it i think i was excited for pe in that it was a break from sitting in a desk mm-hmm. um absolutely but I wasn't ever excited about its content. It wasn't even up to par in that, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm excited for, like, you know, history class because we're studying something that I kind of like and I find it cool and, you know, it's a nice class. I enjoy the atmosphere, whatever it may be, right? But PE, like, didn't even, it wasn't even on the honorable mentions. It was like a break, right? Like, nobody really considered it a class. They were just like, oh, we get an hour break now Mm -hmm. where we move around and there's some structure to it. But for the most part, 
We just don't have to sit in a desk and read a book anymore, which is kind of nice. In many ways, for me, it felt like more rules, um, but now they're making rules around what I could do physically in some ways. Mm. So I was, again, excited just to be moving or playing a few games that are just like dodgeball or, or like when they try and cycle through the different like team sports. But it was, I still just felt like there was more judgment and more rule, rulification or whatever of, of stuff. And then, yeah, you're, the other point you make is that it really wasn't very highly valued in the academic sense, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, if you have a scholarship, that's entertainment. It's there to support the universities or support high school culture. And you're, and doing it isn't as equal value as actually going and studying something in, in like terms of literacy or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, ironically, like computer work back then was, you know, was not held in high regard either, right? And I don't even know if that's the case now. I think people acknowledge the value of it. They're forced to because Silicon Valley has evolved so much. But I remember if you were gonna go work on a computer or code or play some sort of game, but for like Oregon Trail or something like that, then you were, that was sort of like messing around or that was recreation. Mm. And I feel like technology and people's ambitions have grown around that K through 12 system, that older academic system as well. And they kind of gets lumped in. Yeah, it's like a, it's a class. They recognize that it's important in some capacity, but it's not, doesn't carry the same weight Mm -hmm. that your other classes might, right? Right. Do you get the same impression, Justin? Yeah, well, I mean, my PE class was held in the same classroom and we watched YouTube videos. Like well, a thirty minutes. <laughs> I think okay, okay. so yeah, break that. Was that <laughs> what? Was that? My high class was in high school. Yeah, so it's in a, in a regular classroom, and we watched YouTube videos uh, uh, of like '80s workout things. So we did like Typo, and that's because it was run by a teacher who was not a. Well, she was just a. She was like a. Uh, An academic. Like a, oh man, I'm sorry. Uh, counselor. Oh. So she just like she's got oh. thrown the PE class for high school, and she just made do with what she they were like. She hey, worked out with. You want so. some more money? Take these hours. It off. was, and that was the wow. private school, uh, charter school. We did a little bit more. Uh, we did. We went over um, a little bit of sex education, and we did some human anatomy in PE. In PE. So it's yeah. like it's like I feel like PE so like not- gets thrown all the like random stuff they have no idea what to do with, and they're just like here, take it. Really. Here's some curriculum stuff or watch YouTube if that's what you feel like doing. No, so, I had like the, the, you know, the, the receding hairline, super, super high shorts, almost as high as what I'm wearing right now with a, with a line, the like, um, not pinstriping, Lulu, right? Not Lulu. They were Adidas <laughs> or something. Dude, not even. And they the high sock. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm dressed champion. an awful lot like a modern version of my PE teacher yes. at the time. I, did but have I do PE have my teacher. hair. That was charter school. I have what? that guy. Okay, you're that right. guy. We were in charter the school too. elementary. No, we were... So Justin and I's educational background was private school, um, K through third grade mm. for me. And then fourth grade through eighth grade, I was in a charter school. Then freshman year, Justin's... It lines pretty much similar, just one year ahead. Um, and then high school, first year was in a private school. And then I did a public school the last three years. Of the last school. three years. Justin was in a private school the, the entirety of his high school career. Right. So Justin actually has a really interesting perspective because you were all public. I was at... I like, was private first. Were you? Yeah. But for the like the lion's share of middle school through high school, were you in public? Yeah. Mid, the earlier, it, was, it wasn't public until like eighth grade. Everything okay. up to that was all, was private with a little like a, maybe a year or two in, in, uh, in public. But yeah, it was all private before. Interesting. So then, so Justin has like a really good perspective of what PE looks like from a private. But it was funded. private. It was private. We should clarify, even though we're not, it doesn't matter that much. Mine was all private secular. Yes. So it was, you know, it wasn't a religious school. Like it was like, these were the kids who were supposed to be like the indigo children or something like that. My parents were like, you heard of that before? No. Well, like there's like the chosen one, you know, we were watching, we watched Kung Pao for It's better than saying Justin. blue. <laughs> right it's just purple it's just that there was this i we started to identify in the 90s that that there were some kids that had um different ways of learning or different potentials and then there was sort of this acceptance and then this private industry demand for where to send your kid if you thought that they you know weren't going to fit in the public system or they had like a 
like a, like a higher IQ or something like that, or maybe they have a learning disability, they need a more accommodating environment. And there were these different theories, you know, like Waldorf schools and stuff like that, right? Yeah. You know, well, the, there were some other ways that people were experimenting with teaching kids. And so that I got pulled in some of those, which gave me Oregon Trail a lot earlier than than most people. Like I came into school with Windows in the 90s. I never had to deal with monochrome, like black and green screens and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there are kids right now still using those computers. So, you know, shout out to you, Detroit. If you you made it to this podcast (laughs) on that computer, congratulations, you're already probably going to make it just fine once you get out yeah <laughs> if you somehow made it managed to listen to podcasts no but i didn't that, experience that that's apple funny. 2e i had windows and then i dropped into eighth grade and i stepped into a room and they're like and now it's computer class i'm like cool so i was thinking what i was going to be doing with the desktop software and i they sit me in front of this computer it's black with like green text and they cover your hands and they're like type and i'm like yeah. what is this the dark ages <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you remember so, the forcing uh of of learning to type fast that was very weird like having a grade that you had to type i mean i feel like our standard was like 80 words per minute was like and it's like ridiculously fast that's pretty and i feel like that's what they pretty wanted good. everybody that's to be able to it's do. a super painful way to learn it too like it just, just seems so medieval yeah just add like fun little games where like the words would fall down from the and you had to type the word yeah. out without uh, messing up before it hit the bottom and then it speed up that's not they had bad. fun inventive ways but uh, Anyways, I was like, just give somebody a, like an MMORPG, right? Yeah, you have to learn right away, yeah. or you'll die. <laughs> oh gosh! But All right. For PE, I feel like PE was very similar to how computer tech class was in the '90s, and that it was like you were saying, it was this kind of like oddball class that they were like, we think it's important. We'll test pilot. It. Except the difference is PE's been around since the 19th century in America, right? And and how much difference do we see now in a tech class from the 90s? Like, our sister, who's 15 years younger than us, gets an iPad from school the first day she starts. Right? Yes. We had a computer room. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that is just technological advances. But another thing is that the schools now recognize how important and impactful it is, and they invest proper funds into mm-hmm. it, right? Where now every student has an iPad that they take home to do their schoolwork. The, the same has not been applied to PE. And we've seen, in fact, if we've seen any changes in PE, they are glacial at best. Mm-hmm. They've co- happened over decades, mm-hmm. multiple decades, rather than the difference of 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you have sport early on, which is very participatory. Like everyone's involved, even in pro teams, it wouldn't have been that hard to get on like the Green Bay Packers or something like that. And you, at one point, early, early on, right? <laughs> so, and then you've got like, the uh you know the i went to hot springs arkansas and they have this place it's called like the uh bathhouse road or something like that and so people used to go there like basically spas from like 1920 and like you know i don't know like i guess al capone and like teddy roosevelt and folks like that might be there so imagine that's that scenario and they had a gymnasium because people would go there and they would uh train or they do rehab or they'd work on their bodies and they get in health like you were going to go there you're going to drink the hot springs you're going to soak in the different you know, spas, and then you were going to get, get fit. Right. And I watched in this gymnasium, it was so entertaining because it's everything you imagine. It was like a pommel horse and the, um, the rings were there and they weren't gymnastics rings. They were just the rings. Right. And they had those clubs that they would do different rotations, movement patterns with, and things like that. I was like, why did we get away from this? This is amazing. Hmm. And then the next imagery I sort of have is sort of that, like, um, you know jfk's like fitness challenge and yep. standard stuff that would go through where they have all these like you know these boys out with like again this is the like generation presidential fitness right and they're wearing those same JFK. short shorts so i'm pretty sure those guys became the pe teachers <laughs> the ones who aced yeah. those tests aced those tests and still had the short shorts just carrying it all the way into the the next century and and then we go from that to like let's not some odd combination of funding Let's not pick on people with dodgeball. And I think most of it's probably economic, right? It's just like schools run low on funding. They have to put these PE classes in places and there's less value placed on them. And then sports teams come in and their popularity drives those programs, which makes them very dominant. And then you're left with sort of no room for the general mover. You've just got a bunch of people being primed for sports teams so they can get college scholarships and support the sports 
the, the industry. You know, big sport. You yeah. can call it big sport. Big sport. Big sport. Yeah, you know like what I'm that. saying? I like that. <laughs> I like it. So that's the way I really just felt. Was like I'm not. I don't want to be in that. Like it's fun, even though I really like Pizza Hut blacktop like basketballs. You guys know that used to be a P incentive. You ever heard that incentive before? No. So if you want, you if you read enough books. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you go to Pizza Hut with the thing. You get the personal pan pizza, and you yep. can stack them. Then Reebok gave you this like blacktop basketball. Oh, it is. Yeah, Google you get a like, yeah, basketball. Yeah, I used to be able to get a basketball. Yeah, shout out if you got one of those basketballs. I got one off eBay, but it wouldn't stay inflated, so I threw it away. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, though, so PE, PE originally, right, like if we track physical education all the way back to its roots, we go all the way back to, you know, Greece and, you know, your ancient, like, Mediterranean cities where really they were trying to train young boys to be athletic and fit for the army, right, or for the military because they were all military states. Mm-hmm. We'll ignore, like, the long history of PE, but when it comes to America, the concept is still pretty similar, right? And the the gym that you saw was all about, like, just being fit. So you see a lot of, like, obstacle courses. You see a lot of, like, bars and monkey bars and climbing apparatuses. For a generalist. For a generalist movement that of a person that will go into the military, right? When JFK did his, his, like, PE, yeah, it was, like, his initiative, we'll call it. Yeah. That was, that's like coming off the tail ends of and the winds of World War II, right? So we're yeah. a little nervous about big conflict now and having to draft a bunch of young men who may or may not be, because at JFK's time, he was worried about people, young adults being fat, right, mm. and obese. And so that's why he does this initiative. And now he's like, well, we need people to be healthy, I think. I, I like to think. I never met JFK, obviously, mm-hmm. but I like to think it was a genuine care and not just because, well, if we draft a bunch of obese mm-hmm. people into the military, that's definitely doesn't help the mm-hmm. military. Right. So the, the shift goes from training for military or training for a generous possibility of military. And then it shifts into training for a sport sport, but never has PE hit a point yet where it's training for the individual's actual health. Right. That's what I've noticed, right? And in my history of PE, you know, I've had some great PE teachers. I've had some remarkably mediocre PE teachers. I haven't had, like, a bad one, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but my bar may just be set really low because of it, it yeah. was never given. Yeah, you know, no, I had great funds. and passionate PE teachers. And there's also, like, this idea of shifting from – this isn't the, the idea of being a generalist and fit is, is older, but – you know, if you think about, like, Da Vinci and his, um, what's the art, the... Vitruvian uh, uh, Man. Yes, yeah. correct. And the idea that the optimal person is has these sort of, like, evenly distributed proportions <laughs> and whatnot. But then if you look, you know, at, at sports, what they've done, what they've selected against is that people for particular sports have very specific body types that are unique yep. to biases yeah. on that sport. So if you go back to Green Bay Packers, you know, whatever, 50, 60 further years ago... Um, that you know, you've got this generalist guy out here doing things, and now a lineman, you'd be like, That's a lineman, that's a wide receiver, like, you'll be able to so call different. out them by those shapes. And I guess what we're um, feel like we're missing is something that's a little more general and underneath that, um, that equips people to, to have a positive relationship with um, with movement. And we always, I always just had to look outside for that. It was either if you're in PE, you're in sport, or you're fit, kind of. But you couldn't find your destiny there, even though a lot of those teachers were, like you were saying, really motivated. And also, again, the, the reasoning, if we look back, if you watch, what is it, Back to the Future, where the guy, where, where Marty goes back in time and he's like, he's like jogging or something. And the person's like, you run? Like, why do you run? I can't remember if that's Back to the Future 3 or whatnot. But, but they were sort of making fun of this idea of like running to be fit. Yeah. And that that was such a foreign concept. Like, why wouldn't, why would you run just like? take a horse or sit or something i can't remember there's like i have to like share the scene or something but it's just like this shift in the need to be sort of fit has come out of the sort of you know war on hunger that comes around and gives us really easy calories right so we put we start the war on war on hunger and you just you just get calories and processed foods dumped into everything so now we don't have starvation as much of a problem as we have the result of low quality calories in everyone's diet and kids and everybody. And now fitness has to matter again in, in a way that it hasn't before because it's, we haven't had to battle the surplus of right processed foods that we have today. Leads to the surplus of calories that we have to deal with. Right. So it's, it's an odd kind of affluence. Uh, so 
you know, we were talking about this and, and some of our own programs and parkour is awesome. We feel like it is the answer to what so many people need. And if it's a fit for you, you know it, you fall in love with it with just a little bit of exposure. However, I, you know, if I'm going to be selfish about this situation, like I have a daughter, she's nine. And now we're going through COVID Palooza 2020 and she is being homeschooled and she is doing parkour. She does parkour classes here, but I still have that understanding that I kind of like, I want her to have a generalist um, exposure to movement. Like she's not a big team sport kid or whatnot. So, so I'm, we were thinking what, you know, what are, how do we solve this problem for kids who are staying? And then we start about, started thinking about our own PE program and how we would do that and what the things are that we would change. So, you know, one of those things for me, just as, just as a parent is to know, okay, if I put her in this, she's not going to have huge gaps in her movement education per se. Right. Like what are the major things that we feel like are needed that needs to be carried through in a generalist, um, approach to movement because parkour is like martial arts is about combatives, right? Fighting people or dances like music parkour is obstacles, but that's not every way we move and the only way you can move. And we acknowledge that. So what are some of the things that we would want to fill in, in a generalist movement for kids, right? Um, that, that would be good to include in, in programs. Well, starting, starting off, I would say that there's the idea that throwing and catching is inherently sport related, right? Um, the, the only exposure to throwing and catching that you get in a PE class has to do with sport, right? And the truth is very few people want to just throw a ball around and talk about like, well, this is how your glenohumeral joint articulates when you throw a ball. And this is why it's cool that your scapula wing can return, right? Like nobody wants to really hear that. So kids need to have have some sort of engagement with throwing or object manipulation that's not sports specific. Because some kids, certainly by middle school, I was already set that I was not a sport athlete. Right. Team sport, teams, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, or even like that's what I mean when I say sport. Like, like yeah, I guess I, um, I wouldn't I, parkour is a sport. You're right, but I wouldn't. You were in a lump, big sport. I wouldn't lump it in there. Big sport. Yeah. Big sport. But the the I big, you know. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're out like here. We're not, we're, not, we're not hating on big sport, but we got our eye on you. We watch out. We watch out. We we know you're. It's the latest conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, we can start a conspiracy, sport conspiracy. Big sport conspiracy. We'll, we'll film a YouTube video. It'll go, it'll go ahead. Easy to believe. But anyways, you know, like, so when we had a throwing sport or something like that, I was never engaged. I, I can only talk about from my own perspective because I don't have a child, right? Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, they'd be like, oh, we're doing baseball. And I'd be like, I don't like baseball. But obviously, throwing and catching are huge important factors of your physical health that you need to be able to do. And so I would just disconnect. I would still participate, of course. I was never that kid. But I would never enjoy it. So if I had to inject something into a PE program, it would be throwing and catching object manipulation that is not sports specific. Mm-hmm. General, yeah. So like um, catching and throwing that, you know, is odd objects. So what I really think the direction we're going with things is like for, and I just want to cut to the chase somewhat on what, on those modalities sport again became very specific right we started designing a ball that's for a game and we can identify those things like you see a baseball that's a baseball that's a basketball that's a football and you throw anything else in those sports and people are gonna be like what i mean there's even concern about the degree to which pressure you know footballs are pressurized in american football (laughs) patriots right so you've got all of that but we're just talking about hand-eye coordination and general like how where would you put yourself and position yourself when you're when you're catching and throwing and I think that a lot of this um, sort of comes back to if if you're going to train some if you're going to train generalist human um, modalities or ways of movement, then you must look at the way that we evolved to work with objects, right? Mm-hmm. So we cover a ton of that in parkour: hanging, brachiation, awesome, jumping, crawling, like the ability to work on uneven surfaces. All these great things that we learn skills for. But we really are born to throw like yeah. and we are born to throw even in, in many ways asymmetrically right meaning one side of the body and 
And this is, we are thought to be Plains people who did really well, you know, with our atlatls and our spears chucking stuff. Whereas yeah. in, when I went to school for anthropology, we would talk about the, the physical differences between um, Homo sapiens and Neanderthal. And one of the things those guys had, they had shorter, stubbier arms, and they always they always dealt like thrusting damage, <laughs> right? And they would always have like we could tell that one arm would always be one that like had a bunch of like damage on the bones, and and the other would have like or the same camera would have or like the muscles or the bone would be very developed, indicating they used that for thrusting, right? And they were not awesome throwers, or add they probably could, but not to the degree that um, uh, the Homo sapiens could. We were chuckers. We could throw some stuff. And long arms that worked a lot like the atlatl, right? If you're not familiar with what an atlatl is, it's like a lever. Uh, it's literally like your arm. A, a stick. But a stick. <laughs> it's like if you had one more joint. <laughs> if you had one more joint, exactly. Yeah. So they're just working on the, the physics right up the arm and they huck it. Look them up. They're super cool. And if you remember, actually, um, there was a TV series. If anyone remembers during the paleo... Um, when Paleo blew up, Rob Wolf had Rob Wolf had a podcast. Oh, yeah, he was on the like surviving whatever that was, and he killed an elk with an atlatl. Yeah, one shot of an one. elk with an atlatl, and the guy who was the historian on the show or whatever was like, "You may be the first, you know, human in modern times to actually in the wild land an elk." He was on like day four of the show, and they were supposed to live off what they killed and stuff like that. It's part of the whole Paleo experience, you know. <laughs> they're trying to make it reality TV, and then he lands it, and then they get to eat, and it's just like, okay. You know, we obviously have some bias towards these modalities. Super cool. Lifting and pulling and pushing and those sorts of object manipulation. You know, we have strong trunks. And I think pushing and pulling is definitely something with our backs and our legs and our glutes that we are that we want to leverage and at least understand and have a relationship with. Um, you know, when you're a kid, starting to develop those patterns and understand how to be strong underneath something when everything is so much bigger than you. So this push-pull, <laughs> right? There's this push-pull catch throw complements the um the the par all the parkour modalities which yeah. just has to do with the environment so well that to just have a general understanding of them and then the collaboration of working with a team is the other thing that we would bring um out and into so on the, on the object manipulation side i would say that what we are looking to do is closer to a, like a, a flintstones junior strongman sort of thing but for kids and and further away from team sports and a uh uh crossfit kids or something like that right so you had a good experience with team sports justin um, i did you I said, I no you did you did kid. well it's Neither time it's time for you to it's time for you to talk about the value of, of teams the value of teams uh i think it's good to depend on each other i think that's uh an important lesson in life to learn that you know dependency isn't something that you can escape from or necessarily that you have to escape from like that responsibility for taking, you know, uh, ownership over a play or a pass or, you know, defense. I think that's good for kids to learn definitely. And to help and to, uh, you know, rely on other students. So but you guys, your mom that'd be wanted you in team sports for that reason, right? I yes. Yeah. Why? Yeah. That was, that was the reasoning at least that she you might vocally not gave us. Her. Yeah. We have to One go and ask her. Off. She would be an interesting one to have. On. <laughs> yes. Um, we start doing guests. Definitely top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think I think that if we look at what PE is missing, PE, I think, does a fine job of trying. They certainly try to inject teamwork. In yeah. fact, it's one of the most annoying things when you go to a PE class and you're like, all right, guys, we have a team game today. You're like, all right fine right because then it feels like oh i'm gonna get sorted with justin who sucks at kickball but i'm gonna have to carry the team right but that's super important to have that sort of teamwork of knowing justin's not good at kickball i may be great at kickball so i'm gonna have to balance out his flaws the problem is they're always done as big sport mm -hmm. they're never done as so what's an actual true team game that allows Justin, who's maybe not good at kicking, but good at other physical aspects, or even for him to shine. Well, it's also it's always uneven. Like you always have someone who's really good at basketball, yeah, and you don't usually basketball. have an equal amount of those kids. Mm. So it's, I feel like yeah, when you no, do you those team sports, it's always uh, you're always fighting over one or two kids to be on your team, and that usually takes up so much drama in figuring it out, uh, figuring out the teams. 
and then the rest of the game is just oh who got the best person mm -hmm. where i feel like if we just pick something more abstract and something that isn't you know solidified on tv everyone might be or we might have a more even playing ground where everyone's or even starting if you at just, something yeah you just look at parkour because one of the things that when we were coming up with what the programming would be for um our answer to this was picking out the good things like what we loved about even though we say we're individualistic that's just an american thing for sure um <laughs> even though we say we're individualistic we focus on the individual but we're not directly competitive we do play games in class every so often and one of those games is a game in which we are trying to evacuate um sort of people from a scenario where there's a flood, right? We're trying to get to a chopper and the chopper is just a high a place on high ground in the gym. And then they're passing this tire, which because when we came up with the game seven years ago, we didn't have, it was right during the, we had a flood in the gym. It was literally a flood. We had a flood in the gym and we, that was on our minds. And so we're like, okay, well, let's make a game out of this. We didn't bring kids in when there was a flood. Oh, it, it was just afterwards. Point that out. I was right, like, I want to bring it right, exactly. Actually... It was, child, it, was child, it was with these children's hands that we cleaned the gym. <laughs> so the idea was that you had to evacuate, but there are rules about the evacuation. You have a tire and you're passing it to each other and the person can't travel with the tire. So you have to move around each other and pass the tire to each other in groups of like four to six. But it's like the floor is lava. So you can't get on the floor. You're, you're still having to employ your parkour skills to change elevation and balance as you hold and move something. But we found was that the kids who had good parkour skills, who had been around for a while and then could work with each other, it only took a few times for them to just annihilate any any new groups, right? Like yep. their their ability to communicate and collaborate and jump and hop around each other was like if goats could perform rescue missions. It was it's just we just noticed that change and that parkour had the potential to also be not necessarily a team sport, but collaborative in that way. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we want to double down on is sort of like take a small group and this is, you know, we want to run this experiment. We're slowly like dripping in what the experiment is for, for our version of it is take a cohort of kids and over a period of time, take them from maybe kids who can't communicate super well or haven't learned those, those, those team skills or haven't done it with a, with a group here. And then at the end of the, of the experiment, they're just like clipping along in ways that would otherwise be, you know, unheard of because they're, unspoken communication and their ability to collaborate and read each other to accomplish a task and a goal is very high. And I think that's a value that is not individualistic that also team sports, you know, force because you can't have a team that doesn't communicate. It just looks like a mess, right? In any yeah. of the team sports that they play against each other. It's true. It's actually like most of the like elementary kids sports is literally just a bunch of children running around and parents hilarious yelling yelling at each other yeah <laughs> in fact there's a great clip if you if you can find it colin you might have to link it up of a little sports team a, like a little football like a whole football team and there's a banner and the kids are supposed to run you know like oh, through, the banner. through the banner <laughs> and no. love it. i love this video and there's this uh, a whole herd of them of these little kids in their football gear and they're supposed to run through the banner and they see the banner and they run around it and the coach goes and you can see him on the side he's like through the banner through the banner he's pointing at it the kids have like passed around this group of like you know people holding the banner and these ones in the back are like oh through the banner so they run backwards towards the banner like i'm supposed to run through the banner. and then the other group hears the coach yelling through the banner so they like run into each other and it's just a mess it's just so <laughs> awful and the coach at the end of the clip you see the coach grab his hat <laughs> to get on the ground. <laughs> it's so hilarious but a lot of the times Getting kids to work together or communicate or understand the plan is a lot like that. And in a traditional sport, that can be super hard when you have star athletes who rise to the top. And in a traditional sport, everybody relies on that star athlete, right? If you have one mm -hmm. basketball player who's awesome, everybody's going to field him the ball and he's going to drain threes for the entire game. That's teamwork to a degree, but it's not highlighting other athletes strengths mm -hmm. i may not be good at draining threes but maybe i can dunk we have no clue unless i get the ball under the net mm -hmm. i can't dunk by the way um but i wish i could right but we wouldn't know that if i didn't ever get the chance to explore it so where i think parkour really rises to the top on that is that you can have collaborative games that allow people to um 
diversify their strengths. Some kid may be very good at climbing, but not good at jumping. And if you have a climbing intensive section in the in the uh, Floods and Babies game that we described there. Yeah, that game's called Floods and Babies. We call it Floods and Babies because you're, you're saving the baby. the baby. And and you can't run with the baby because you might trip and... Right, and originally so that's people why you can't were move. throwing the baby. Or they were throwing the tire. And I was like, the tire is a baby. You can't... You can't throw a baby. You can't throw it. You, you can't just, throw a baby. Right. In fact, it, originally I think you could actually move with the tire. And then we decided that, no, it's a baby and you don't want to wake it up. Right. And so you have to stand still and hand off the baby gently. But anyways, in that game, you may have somebody who's really good at climbing and somebody who's really good at jumping. So your climber maybe hangs, someone hands the baby, and they're hanging there from the bar one arm, and the jumper jumps ahead and around, and then the handoff happens, right? But that allows us, on the three of us, if we were to play a game, it allows each of us to have a highlighted skill that comes into play. Mm-hmm. And there is no star athlete. There Sometimes there are obviously better athletes than others, but they still have to rely on others because they can't carry the tire to the and end. And others still have to get there. Lots of times we have high-level kids get put in with a more generalist group, and you're still moving. You still have to move the entire team along. Yep. Like, it's not... You don't get... Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. It's like the guy gets all the other side. It doesn't matter. He can't go there with the tire, and he can't... You know, that's just one example of one game. But one of the things that stands out with parkour, too, is the very of the um of the environment because the environment changes so much you know sports work very hard to control consistent environments in order for the specializations to work even to the point where like track is like the ground material must be this and then your shoes can be that yep yeah track is depending on your event your spikes can't be longer than a certain length and then everybody else is what is it a half quarter inch i think was your max spike pretty long now I think it's quarter inch. I mean, long for a spike that goes on your foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Like even the equipment that you have to use is highly regulated. Highly, highly and they specialized that way. I mean, that's so, not, we're so not bashing that. If you if you take that potential degree of variability in the uh, in the environment, then it becomes more generalist, and you drive down the specialization of the of the character involved. Right. Mm-hmm. So we take that environment, and anything I would argue anything is like this that where you just have it. You know we have a broad diversity of potential, you know, environments and grounds. And the only thing that we haven't been able to do that I think really should be called out as something that's, that's really special. And maybe at one point we may be able to solve for this too, is that I think swimming is involved in, in a, in a, in the need for a, for a generalist mover. I think swimming goes up there too. I think it does. I, I'm a fine swimmer. I, humans were meant for water. (laughs) (laughs) I yeah, I don't care. That's what a special. You, I don't care what you say. Drop anybody in the middle of the ocean; they'll tell you in the first ten minutes. I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, swimming through lakes and and rivers and you know those sorts of things are certainly something yeah. we evolved to do, or at least evolved to skills. survive, tolerate yeah, skills and tolerate, <laughs> to tolerate and survive. Right? right? Um, I don't know. I think our... that is. I, I mean, it, it, think about it. Like when I, I, has Nova been in swimming lessons? Or oh yeah, we we put her in swimming lessons. Yeah, and that's like really that's like a thing that you should do when you have kids. I know that when I have kids, if I have kids, that that'll be a something I'll do very early on. Mm-hmm. Our sister was putting, and so I, I do think it is a generalist thing that you need to at least know. Is it something you need to master? I I would or argue specialize no. in. Yeah, probably um, not. Mm-hmm. But certainly something you need to be exposed as a, to. as a general survival skill at least, or just yeah, it's also nice. Yeah, enjoy refreshing. Okay, so, so basically, um, you've got these different modalities. You've got the you've got the push pull. You've got the toss. You've got the things. Um, uh, you toss and throw, and then you have the um, so object manipulation, and then you have the uh, ability to to collaborate as as a as a team member, communicate with others through movement, and and apply your parkour skills that way. These are. These are all things that we sprinkle in, but it's usually like five to ten percent of the curriculum in general curriculum, and then the majority is the focus on skills, like specific parkour skills to to take that individual to to be able to do more in the realm of parkour. Now the I think so basically what we what we decided to do was was um, pretty was partially selfish, but I, I really felt like. It would be great to be able to support kids who are homeschooled. They've been answering people. A lot of people have said to us, "Oh, we're going to have an earlier morning program or something like that." I think parkour gyms can do this, so we decided to, to come up with this um, program. We're calling it Outrun PE, and that is what is going to, you know, sort of fill in those some of those potential generalist gaps 
they're not going to be the same as classes where they're focusing on those specific parkour skills, but they will take those parkour skills and apply them in more generalist terms with teams and include those those other um, sort of like mini strongman <laughs> sort of elements and some of these more primal movement skills, which is going to be super a super fun experiment. And then we'll try and take that, that this group of kids and then move them through um, over a series of months into essentially what would be like a a parkour team for lack, for lack of a better term on that and uh and so that's uh, that's that's really awesome that's that's this is what we're hoping will be sort of the our answer to fixing some of the things that we worked on um earlier on in or just the things that we had to discover as adults on our own, yeah. Yeah. On our own that i felt i should have been at least introduced to in 12 years 11 years i didn't take it senior mm. um 12 or 11 years of physical education i did 11 years of physical physical education and never once was i shown like how to get on top of like a bar like a, a thing i was never shown climbing right i was never shown um any sort of hanging or swinging mechanics mm, no, i was never not. taught any sort of inversions like rolling or cartwheels or handstands in fact, most of the time, people are putting their kids in other club sports to fill these gaps, right? Right. Almost, it's like a like a rite of passage for like a young girl to have gone through a gymnastics program. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is cultural, but also because parents are like, "Oh yeah, she like she rolls all over the place. That must be a gymnastics thing." And I'm like, "No, that's just a human thing. Correct. Rolling Absolutely. all over the place and kids yes. climbing on things that doesn't make them a gymnast. It doesn't make them any sports. It just makes them human. Yeah. Right. They're, and the humanity. And I felt like. <laughs> My humanity was never nurtured <laughs> Addressed. in a PE right. class. And right. so now we have the opportunity being adults who have a facility, who work with kids to fill the gaps that the Department of Education, not getting into politics, but doesn't seem to prioritize. Right, right. Now we can well, fill that gap with our own program, with, with Outrun PE, and we can fill the gap that there are kids out there. It, if you're a big sport kid, phenomenal. Do it. Go for it. Yeah. We love because I love nothing more than watching like highlights of sports plays. I'll never watch a whole game, but I'll watch highlights. <laughs> Fans don't even watch the whole game. Yeah, right. But I, I love watching highlights mm -hmm. and watching athletes because athletes are athletes regardless of the sport and I could recognize talent, right? And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I love watching that. So if you're a big sport, go. You do you. If you're not big sport, like the rest of us, then your time to shine is going to be in the Outrun PE program. Right. Your time to to nurture your own physical education and the your skills and your maybe your hobbies around physicality and movement, you're just not going to get that in a traditional PE class. And I I want to say that the the proof is in the proof is in the pudding. I'm not really sure where that came from. Midwest maybe there was probably. a Midwest pudding competition. I'm sure that that was taken from. Um, is that, you know, we're not trying to like take sports away or, or just have an antagonistic approach to sports, but, quite the opposite. but it's quite the opposite. One of the things that we notice in big sport is that the pursuit of that sport doesn't, doesn't usually go into adulthood. No. We're adults here. I'm nearing, um, four decades and you guys are well into when you should have normal jobs, but you don't, slackers. And we still do what we talk about. You know, yeah. we walk the talk. And so this is a solution that's coming from a, a legacy of movers who are who never stopped, right? Who found their passion and just didn't quit the whole way through, mm -hmm. right? Survived many quickenings all the way through and still do it. And then we're saying this is the type of stuff we would have wanted and we have experimented with it so right so right now you're working with some jesse you're working you have been over the past year or two working with the school district to sort of work with groups of kids yeah, on this five years now, so actually. this isn't coming from a group of people who are just like well i wonder what we could come up with we've got you know over a decade of experience in training and working with groups of kids plus also collaborating with school districts and united way and some other um, nonprofits and teams who've come in to try and balance out their skills as well. Yeah. So we're not unfamiliar with working with this age group for, for this intention. And we are 
a free market solution, which means people selected us. They did not, this is not, we just didn't have a bunch of money. We had to fight for everything that we were able to, to build coming and saying, this is what we think the next step is, the right answer is for it. Yeah, no, I think this, this has been brewing on our minds for probably, you know, ever, ever since we really opened a gym, yes. right? It's, yeah. it's been a, a need that we've known we've wanted to fill. Um, and now we have the opportunity to do it, which is really amazing. And I'm super excited to see it go off. I'm really excited to see what it becomes. I think that, again, if you're a big sport kid, we're not we're not trying to, to steal anybody from sports. If somebody loves football, I want them to pursue that because I want people to pursue their passions. But what I want is when football inevitably leaves you high and dry and broken, you are still a human. And I hope you loved every second of playing football, even the painful, sweaty, like injuries, recovery processes. <laughs> right. But I hope that when you come out of that sport, you recognize that movement can still be a part of your life. And for some people, they just won't ever do the sport part of movement, right? It's like it, movement should extend with you from life or from birth to death. Well, it does, right? right? You can't it, escape, right? You're right. So, yeah, but you lie to yourself about it all the time. Yeah. And you, you, uh, you forget that what your body's designed to do. Exactly. You forget movement that is like... moving from your car to your house is still movement. And if that's the only movement that you're getting, mm-hmm. because you can't do football anymore. Yeah. You, and and, you're, you're and if you do the football is just a, a window of time in there. Yeah. And that's a great time for you, I hope. But when that time ends, movement still exists with you. It's true. Right? Yep. And so outrun PE is trying to equip you with the skills and the knowledge really Foundation. That, the foundation that when you leave those sports specific modalities, you're like, you know what? I can't get hit by a 280 pound, like, do you know, anymore. No way. Muscle piece of meat anymore. Years I, could, ago. <laughs> I, say, I can't, years ago. I can't do it now. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty young. But um, when you, when you're like, I'm not willing to accept that risk anymore. I hope you know that hanging, climbing, playing with your children, throwing and catching. It's going to matter. It's still there for you. Yeah. And it's still something you can do. And I hope that if I had an outrun PE as, as a middle schooler or an elementary kid, that I would look back and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally know about parkour and all of the benefits that it can provide for me for the entirety of my life. Yeah. And, and to, to double down on that, it's insurance against ourselves because we typically aren't throwing and catching in parkour or moving objects around. Sure. And even yeah. if you do basketball, you're not moving objects around. You're not pushing. Even if you're not doing parkour, you're still not pushing or pulling. You push people, pull people or a climbing. little bit, right? You're not climbing. So some of these other elements that are in there, or if you're doing golf, you're not doing a team sport. I mean, maybe you're playing with a group of people and your score is cumulative or something like that, but you're not like communicating in that same way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's that. Also, I want to take this opportunity since I think that at this point, hopefully parents are still, we still have some parents in there listening and just anybody in, in general. And I believe in a, in depth of movement, just like depth of any other like domain that you would study. And I think at that fundamental level is like strength and fitness. Okay. And I think above that is sport. And that's, you know, basically specific skills that you're, that you're working towards and you're, and you're playing. And we see people become interested in those two things as they get older, but usually they're just going to the gym to try and stay just healthy enough to survive. Or maybe the best they're playing some pickup basketball and complaining about their knees a little bit, right? Or they're just sitting there like you earlier were saying, hey, in PE, we just watched, we just pulled in YouTube and watched YouTube. And I was thinking to myself, well, that was actually pretty good preparation for what most adults do in relationship to physical activity. Oh yeah, there was no shade against her. Just go to a bar and you stare (laughs) at other people moving. You know, you've got a thousand, you know, no, not a thousand. You got like, what, 10, 20, 30, maybe 40,000 people in a bowl. And like 40 <laughs> of them are moving. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's definitely my biggest gripe is that I just don't like watching uh, sports because it's watching people do things that I could just go do. You want to do it. I just want to do it. But this Except is that... for the getting hit part. Yes, well, I always liked avoiding getting hit. That was my entire goal. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, actually. That is yeah. part of the So point. the difference between us and people who may not be a fit is that we want to do it. And I had, I had a student tell me this yesterday. 
and I, we were talking about video games and I was like, well, yeah, we all play a lot of video games and we love it and we play the games. And they're like, I don't know if I could like video games because you know, I always looked at that stuff and I, and I actually want to do it. And I was like, ah, if you have that feeling like where you don't just want to watch, you want to participate, that is with what we do. Cult- I mean, that's, cultural synergy. Yeah. That's the exact reason we don't play FIFA. That is the exact reason that I play video games that are like have dragons and magic <laughs> yeah. because I literally can't. So there's no way for me to be like I want to cast uh, spells no, and fight out. a dragon. Cast a spell. I just can't. Like the universe is like, sorry Jesse, there's no dragons no for you dragons to slay. And even if they were, you're yeah. horribly ill prepared. Right. That's why Nova has that little lizard. She thinks she's a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. That is a pretty cute a leopard lizard, gecko. I'm not going to lie. I, lizards aren't really something that I know it cute. is cute. It's I pretty cute. It blew my mind how cute that, that lizard is. Uh, and so then I believe a, a deeper, one step deeper, are the movement disciplines. And that is because they are about those, those sort of primal aspects of humanity. They go very deep. Um, you know, sport and play like that does go deep as well as a generalist thing. But those they meet those needs, but they take it further. But martial arts, you know, combatives, uh, dance, relationship with music, parkour, relationship with your environment. And I think that's those movement disciplines are the, are the deepest level. And that's why I think many adults and kids, you need that foundation for that. If you've never, you know, explored, the, oh, man, I really, wow, that kid loves to throw stuff. Maybe they should spend a little more time on sports like that, right? Or these kids over here, they love to kick stuff. Okay, try some martial <laughs> arts, right? It's like, the, it's always kicking me. Yeah, exactly. They, you don't see, oh, that, that one's a kicker right there. So uh, they get those opportunities as well. And if you don't explore that and have that sort of just well-rounded, you're, you're betraying yourself and you're missing an opportunity to understand something that you could potentially love and, and explore. And we hope that that just doubles down on, on sort of an interest in what we do in parkour because you don't feel like you're over-specialized again, that, that concept mm-hmm. of creating some insurance for movement, movement insurance, right? But... But that's that's just what we're here to do is, you know, answer the call of people who are just want to battle the boring and find something that's different. So I'm super excited about this experiment. And you guys can hit us up if you have questions on it. But I mean, that's that's the next step is we got to we got to walk the talk. We don't like just coming up and like talking a bunch of junk and then not doing something. So when the conversation came up and the, the idea came up, we're like, look, we have to talk about the why more and then actually, you know, put some effort into this and, and, and get it done. So our, you know, our team's working on it and we're just super excited and ready to go. And I've got some skin in the game, like, cause I'm throwing my daughter in it. Like, this is made for her, right? Exactly. So it's not just a random experiment. I'm trying to solve my own problems here. Or just it provide a solution for a problem that hasn't arisen yet, right? Nova is, is, is very active. Mm-hmm. She's very energetic. Um, and exuberant. Yeah, she's definitely an exuberant mover, but she yeah. does not have any team sports. So I'm gambling on us. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm confident in that, but but we haven't been compelled to throw her in anything team sports because she, quote unquote, needs that experience. And yeah, not gymnastics either. I'd, I'd like to address that particular key because like we said in a previous episode, uh, we were put into team sports because of the narrative that it helps you work with a team, right? You have to work together. Yeah. And I, that is true. Um, and it, but it didn't apply to me particular. There's a little bit of an ego in there for sure. Yeah. That I don't, I hopefully <laughs> I don't have as much anymore. That's the dragon. Um, but it was, <laughs> it's also just because I was always put into a box when I played team sports because team sports are specialized. There's a specific role that you have to play. And even if you're rotating roles, Everybody knows the quarterback is like the guy on the football team, right? Mm. Or the running back is the guy on the football team. Nobody's ever like the lineman is the guy on the team, right? There are a few, but yeah, you tend to align yourself with maybe your characteristics. Yeah, I mean, I can name a couple of quarterbacks. I can also name a couple of running backs. I can't name a lineman off the top of my head. And I'm like a sports coach. So I recognize somebody who's not even a sports coach who doesn't care about football definitely couldn't name those things. But they what could about probably the bus? Name, they can name a quarterback. I don't even know if there's a player that's the bus, but I'm assuming I just was yelling out big objects. <laughs> the train. <laughs> yeah, what about the train, bro? You know about the bus and the train and the other modes of transportation that would be really large. So so where, where I'm going with that, though, is that, that OutRun PE is going to enable us to have cooperative, collaborative team activities that don't 
box you into a specific role when you play. There may be rules and stipulations, but it's going to fill the hole of like, my kid needs to learn to work with a team and communicate effectively. That, honestly, you can't communicate in the middle of a play. You're standing on stuff. No, I'm just saying like, there's a lot of, that's, that may be an advantage because a lot of what we do, even though sometimes we will say, but you cannot use your voices, we'll, we'll ask people to to use signals or come up with ways of like nonverbal communication to get something yeah. done or be silent through their movement, which is very fun. But uh, yeah, we can, you can actually communicate. I think it's a little more in basketball, but you can actually say, Hey, go over there. And that's fun. Cause I think we were talking about one of the um, experiments when, when kids first start out doing some of these games in parkour, they're just screaming at each other yes. and falling yeah. off stuff, low level stuff. Right. But they're just like so frustrated because they can't when someone's blindfolded and being asked to move from A to B and the other kids are trying to communicate how to get that kid to do it and they can't see, they're yeah. saying go forward, but their their forward is not the or same. They forward. Say, or they say turn left, but they mean their left and not not Justin's left, right? Like right. our lefts are obviously opposite. Mm-hmm. So I have to say turn to your left. Or we have to establish at the start whether when I say left I mean his left or my left. If he's blindfolded, obviously his left. He can't tell where my left is. And but then, you see them switch right away. They'll be like, feel for the tape with your left hand, you know, and then you hear like, oh, then they find the tape, follow the tape forward. And now they have something like they learn to use different language and they look for what's most effective in the moment and they talk about that. And that's way more effective and trans translates better to an adulthood, uh, an yes. effective adult communicator than Blue 42 does. Right. So try and explain <laughs> to your grandmother how to use the iPhone from the phone. Have you, right? this, you guys are uh, that talk right there just reminding me of like every survivor challenge on the show we, oh really a lot of survivor mm-hmm. no uh they have um, the they have the blindfolded one where you have to direct people and you guys watch some survivor challenges for hmm. a pe oh that's a good maybe. idea because they have a lot I mean, some of that stuff on there you're just like okay it's gimmicky okay but all of it all of it is uh it's yeah it's, you're required to work with your team and uh and one thing I do like about these type of challenges uh, uh, when you're comparing them to big sports is that big sports always has like a versus element that's very aggressive. It's always uh, like Own. enemy, right? Yes. It's your team and the enemy team. Us versus them. And yes. And What's with football, point? it's like it's like full on violence, right? Like it's like you have to smash this person. And I'll, oftentimes I had to hurt other people because I was uh, because I would get hurt. Otherwise, or my, I'd let my team down if I couldn't beat this bigger person. So the to have challenges where you're working together like that and you have a goal and you're not having to trample someone else to get to that goal, I think it's good too. It's also better teamwork, right? Yeah. Like, like a good team can accomplish their objective without tearing down the opposing team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like in life, really, if you're working as a team, your goal is to make your team succeed, but it's not to kick the knees out from the other team. You're just like, hey, we just got there faster. We did it better. You guys did great too, but we got there first, right? That's that's true teamwork right there is can you be constructive mm-hmm. and it's not, not destructive, destructive to the right. other team. I felt the same way when I was in Cobra Kai. The coach is just like, sweep the leg, sweep the leg. You so look like the Cobra Kai too. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny. What was that? Yeah, one of my bosses and buddies, Peck, used to call me Johnny. He'd be like, where's my Johnny at? <laughs> Yeah. Right, he wanted you to sweep the legs. Of yeah, the sweep the legs. The opposing company. <laughs> wow. Sweep the legs of the company. Business, business is a little different. Yeah, it is. Business you could be cutthroat, but at the same time, I. And I, I you go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, good business shouldn't be destructive to your opponent, to your uh, competitors. You should just strive to be better. virtuous business. There yes. we go. Yeah, but it can definitely be uh, sweep the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I cast tight chapter we're not talking about bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's messed up. So uh, I did learn some of that, some of the team sports stuff from teams. So I think they're strong at they can be strong at that too. Right. I just think yeah. is that there's no one thing that's the that's the answer for everything. And the broader the spectrum, the more generalist. And I think we're trying to do this broad spectrum generalist stuff. I mean, we've got parkour people who aren't obsessed with um, throwing and catching sports, teaching some throwing and catching, but that's more like, can we make sure that, you know, you know, elementary school kids don't just like stare at stuff as it like curls towards them. Right. <laughs> and that they learn how to like toss it and the difference between under and overhand, right? Like stuff very basic like that because yeah, 
Yeah, that one. Just like catch by turning away and holding your hands in front of you. Right. So we want to make sure we're we're, sol- we're solving for that, for sure. Man, that's good talk. I'm excited. I want to do it. It actually, yeah, d- just talking about it makes me want to be a kid again and jump into it because obviously it's right down my alley. But right. I think even the throwing and catching and a lot of the teamwork stuff were stuff that I missed and had to discover. Not only did I have to discover parkour and movement as a whole as an adult, I also had to discover, for the most part, how to be an effective team communicator, Mm -hmm. listener, or leader, right? And I had to learn these, like, throwing and catching things as an adult, which is very embarrassing to suck at catching as an adult, right? Oh, I had friends. Like, what what was my nickname as a kid playing football with dad in the yard? No. You can say it. I can't remember it. it. It, Think about uh, Ben Stiller in a particular movie where he's a model. Yeah. Dorklander? Dorklander. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty mean, huh? It all fun and jest. In fact, I, oh, I even is, is your dad I, is your dad Biff from Back to the Future? <laughs> hey, Dorklander. It certainly sounds like that. It definitely like off the top sounds pretty mean. Um, it was always fun. Yeah. Um, and meant in a loving and fun way. And even now, I'll trip on the stairs and I'll be like, "Nice one, Dorklander." Oh, right gosh. to myself. <laughs> I never say it to other people. Definitely but Back to the Future. It's very it's Back totally, to the Future. Right? Yeah. But. But the reason for that is that, like, Nobody just catching, I was just not good Dork at catching. <laughs> I was never good at catching because I never cared about the sports that involved catching. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and like, I have friends who just played hockey, and, like, I'd be like, hey, throw this to me, and I'd just, like, toss it to them and then move, like, 10 feet away, and then they, they can't. What do you mean? They can't. Like, if you ever, you ever throw with your left hand and you're, like, it just, like, doesn't work, and you're, like, a T-Rex batting at something, right? <laughs> That, oh, because hockey, they don't, they don't throw. throw. They do really good about so, catching, though. So kid, the Canadian kids, work. they can't throw. But yeah, the so, Canadian so, kids yeah. are like, no, it's I can throw. I'll show you. So there's, <laughs> so there's just things like that that I, I wish I could be a kid again and jump in there because I, I think I would have enjoyed. I do now enjoy like throwing and catching. I think that's fun, right? And I enjoy like object manipulation games and like like floods and babies. I enjoy jumping in and playing those games, but I. I think if I had been introduced earlier, I would have had a lot easier time developing those skills than having mm-hmm. to come back and be like, whoa, this is a weakness that I need to address mm-hmm. as an athlete. So I, yeah, I, I'm excited. I want to like, I want to shrink myself into like a little Jesse, which is actually only a couple inches shorter than I am. Right. Um, you know, and then throw myself into that class. Let's just put one of those little, like, little beanies with the helicopter on top. I never on you. one of those. And then just put, no, I'm saying put it on you now and just show up on the first day and see how long it takes and see Olaf and to be I, like, hey, you're my boss. <laughs> Almost instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put, I'll shave my facial hair. Yes. No, it's like, and then I'll, I'll have, have to have a mask, mask on. And the mask, the mask will hide it. And exactly. then put on, yeah, put on, okay, maybe we'll try that. that. I think that's fine. I think that's tough too that, um, so before, before we wrap up, Right, Colin has given us the hand sign. Well, he gave it to us like 15 minutes ago, like wrap it up. Like I have been trying to train with the masks on and it does, it's not, it is, it's a different way of training. It's not the most, but you brought that mask thing up and I was just like, man, like I've had, I heard a lot of people that, you know, regardless, I'm, I don't want to get into the political stuff about masks. It just, I, the, the sword I will fall on is the right to move. Not, this is not my battle. Masks. Oh my gosh. So I tried training, I tried training with them on. And what I think is funny is that, you know, a year ago, people, if someone would oh, put yeah. masks in a CrossFit workout, you would, people would be like, oh man, like I did, I did the entire workout with the mask on. Then I went home and ate dinner with the mask on. And then I rexed it. Plus, no, it's a hero wad because, you know, sleepy dopey, whatever. And I, I slept through the entire night with the mask on to outdo each other with how strong they are and how much they can wear I mean, masks. there's already those, like, resistance masks for running. People which paid for those altitude masks. A lot, yeah. Which, by the way, guys, like, they don't work the same. They don't actually do much for you. Um, you can do your own research, but I'm sure you'll it's find It's that rigidity upon... mindset of training, like, like the, suffer the grit, the grit mindset, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so it's like... If they have, they used to sell these, and they still do. And people are training with them now, where they put the masks on. I'm just, I'm doing the thing on my face. Is this the alien from Spiders, yeah, or is it Johnny? Is just like, face why is she talking to me? Who <laughs> is that stand up? Uh, Ronnie Chang. Yeah, Ronnie Chang's stand up. Uh, <laughs> that's so great. And 
and they'll they'll put paid like like a hundred bucks for these masks and they're supposed to be like oxygen deprivate dep- Privation masks or high altitude training, which is not true because your red blood cells change when you move in altitude, not you aren't being suffocated with a fancy plastic bag, right? And people would pay for these and train with them, and everybody's like, oh man, that guy's such, he's such a badass. He's out there running with the, you know, the mask on, looking like, you know, uh, freaking Batman's villain or whatever, Bane, right? And people would be like, oh, they're tough and I can do it. And now people are like, they put a mask on and they fall over and feign like a shin kick in soccer or something like that. They're just like, oh, and they melt into the ground. I'm like, yeah, like no one wants to do it, but it's like, I've been training with it on and it does kind of suck. It's not, I mean, it's obviously not enjoyable, but I've been doing my cardio with it. I've been doing training parkour with it. All our coaches coach with them on and that's just grit. It's just like in the future, we'll go back and be like, yep, we used to have to do all this with a mask on, huh? And you guys are winded over here in the corner. Just, you know, use it as a good story. I just wish people would take adversity that way and just own it and use it as a good story and stop complaining about it. Because I remember one of my first thoughts when I was ever, people, some people on the podcast know that I went through cancer, but when I was 19, I was diagnosed with cancer. And honestly, and slightly egotistic, in an egotistic manner, and a little bit naive, I was like, oh, this is going to make a great story. No one will be able to complain to me about anything, because I'll be like, well, I had cancer, right? <laughs> so yeah. and I wasn't even thinking about losing that battle, but I was already making plans about, that'll be great, now I have a reason to write a book, right? <laughs> You know, it's just like take those experiences and that adversity, overcome it, and then come back in the future and use it to either inspire people or challenge people or or whatever, right? It's just that's or how keep it to yourself and just use it as fuel and be like, I've done harder things. Right. Exactly. Sure. We say this as we're in a podcast with no mask on, but yeah. Could do the podcast with a mask on. Yeah, put the it would be very enjoyable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so anyway. That's a, yeah, Outrun PE might also be plus mask. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time. Yep.